With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly movie podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor-in-chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large. And if you happen to be watching the video version of this podcast, you'd see that I'm already on the red carpet for Cannes. It looks like <laughs> Cannes 2019, but I promise you, I got up for the lineup at 4.45 a.m. New York time. It was 2 a.m. for me. <laughs> and I've been here ever since. What about you? You we seem to get, you well, got no, back I to went, L.A. I actually went, to, I, I listened to the whole Rez conference, Sherry Fremo, you know, going on. 63 and, movies. Uh, and then, and then, and forgetting half the selection, including the Sean Penn uh, movie. Well, maybe and, they confirmed it right then and there. We don't know. I don't know. He was a little, he was a little frazzled, it seemed to me. And then, and then uh, you, Eric, you asked the big money question about Netflix. I was very proud of you. He, <laughs> he looked at your text. I wasn't in the room. <laughs> and he, so I had and, to, and, let's be honest, I am not actually a fan. He wants He wants to know what's going on with Netflix. Yeah. And, uh, and you asked. And he answered you. Well, he that's gave because... you a money angry quote. Well, let, let's let's start with that, right? Because this is one of the bigger picture issues here. Up until the last minute, we don't know the can lineup because can actually finalizes the lineup famously into the wee hours of the night. They're screening things. We had films that were surprises like Sean Baker's film Red Rocket that we didn't know was going to be ready until a few days ago, apparently. So they're, they're always doing this stuff. And a few days ago, it wasn't clear. Is Netflix going to bring this movie? There were conflicting reports about Will Jane Campion be in this new Cannes premiere section or whatever. And then there were no Netflix films. And the reality is, even if the journalists in the room didn't acknowledge that because they're not necessarily processing everything in real time, when I saw that, I realized this is still a significant aspect of the growth of can and Netflix and film culture that has not been properly sorted out. They're not speaking the same language. Oh, no, I don't think that's it at all. I think Terry Frumeau is angry about it because he wanted them to settle for out of competition so that he could have Jane Campion, the auteur who won the Palme d'Or, the only woman who, who has ever done so for the piano. But, but the reason that that couldn't happen from the Netflix side was that she's Jane Campion and she should be in the fucking competition. Well, there's you can't that. can't just say she's out of competition because it can, it's convenient. Uh, right, there, there's camp. an issue. So this it's is an where issue. the two forces collided. And but but this is exactly what, what I mean. This is exactly what I mean in terms of not speaking the same language because Netflix no, is they not know going the language. to... They're just, each of them has their own needs. Yeah, but they're, exactly. They're working in, in, in with different different rules, I don't think it's basically. a question of not knowing the language, honestly. There, let, me, let me elaborate a little bit. French culture has not yet adapted to the kind of paradigms that Netflix works within. You can't have a day and date kind of thing where it's like maybe they put it in one or two theaters in Paris at the same time it hits Netflix. Not happening. They want a real theatrical release. 
for in these movies France. in competition and in it's France. Not, it isn't just that Terry wants that. It's that the French government and culture. And the, the exhibitors. It goes that. through parliament. And he yeah. cannot. He cannot That's argue the with disconnect. it. So yep. in a way, what he's saying is my buddy Ted Sarandos didn't come through for me and put Jane Campion in, in out of competition status. And and I, if I were Netflix, I wouldn't let her be out of competition either. She can go to Venice. She can go somewhere else. Seems it is, is heading you're right. Way. France is the one with the antediluvian arcane uh, regulations. It's different. It's a different... Uh, worldview, a different me, value that, set. Yeah, he was angry about it. That's yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating. Way, how yeah. he answered your story. Your- but I, but it is, it is. So, I mean, what is this? Four years after all this stuff blew up, when there was Meyerowitz story stories and oh, uh, an Oakja in competition, and there was such severe backlash. And so Almodovar was upset, and right. Know, so Can tried it, and we saw what happened. So it's the culture has not figured out a way to reconcile these differences. And well, it's unfortunate. Well, has figured it out. When Spike Lee was willing to do to five out of, out of competition yep. and be head of the jury, it was all, uh, people were all singing Kumbaya. Now, uh, it's a different story with Jane Campion. That's what it amounts to. Which it is could, unfortunate. It could be worked out next year with another filmmaker who was willing to go out of competition. But I could see why Netflix went this way. Why should Campion uh, give herself a lesser status as a woman director who's won the Palme d'Or? Well, and Absolutely. So this- This brings us to another issue, right? Four women directors in competition with 24 films in competition is not a great number for a festival that it's been fighting to say, hey, we're going to be better about this, right? And five wouldn't have been helpful. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So so it's unfortunate. But outside of the Netflix thing, there's a bunch of other stuff to take a look at. I mean, we don't see a ton of big studio movies here in general, but we do see some pretty intriguing American films. I mentioned Sean Baker. There's also Sean Penn, uh, which you mentioned up top was a sort of a late edition. The last time Sean Penn, Penn was in competition at Cannes didn't go so well with the last phase. And I think that was sort of a late edition uh, that wasn't maybe screened in time or something to that effect. We never got it the whole go, story. It didn't go well at all. Um, so, yeah, no, there's some really good movies. I mean, some of them we already knew about. The Leos Carax Annette, which is the opening night. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, you, you know, Benedetta, the Paul Verhoeven that's already gone to IFC. Very excited. The Sexy Nun movie. I am interested in Mia Hansen Love, speaking of a woman director, finally getting into competition at long last. can in general, with, yeah. Uh, Bergman Island. So what festivals has she gone to in the past? Berlin and uh, TIFF and, and Venice and all these, but, but official can selection. Why before? What was the, is it? I is couldn't tell you all the internal like politics, right? And, I mean, that, that is true that her ex-husband, Olivier Assis, maybe there's something there. I'm not going to over speculate about the real world context of this movie about a filmmaker couple who go on vacation and stuff happens but maybe there's something there i i do think that tim roth and uh vicky creeps i'm looking yeah I, I, we've been hearing about this movie for a long time she's an amazing director she's a very subtle director and she hasn't made a lot of movies so you could argue that statistically speaking maybe it just hasn't ever quite lined up right but there's probably some other stuff going on that's that's not so great she has checking out when we get over there because we're gonna be there that's the plan can everyone keeps asking somebody prevents us somehow (laughs) forcibly and we could end up getting stuck over there for all we know i will i will gladly acknowledge that i was being naive about this if for some reason i can't go but it's very exciting to go through this process of of looking at all these films and thinking about to talk about 
lot to yeah. look at. So there's a Francois the Ozon movie. Everything went fine. There's the French Dispatch, which we've all been looking forward to. I can't wait to see the Asghar Farhadi, a hero where he returns to Iran. Why the is first that time movie so much? Um, that could be a real Oscar submission, for example. Yeah, Amazon picked it up and is putting it out in the fall, just like why, they did Salesman. Why is that uh, so secret? Well, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, maybe we'll find out when we see it. But what I would say is that he's a kind of storyteller where if you know some aspects of the plot, it can kind of ruin the experience because it's so intricate and subtle and it tends to build around certain revelations. So maybe the plot synopsis for this movie ruins some aspect about it. That would be my only thinking. I don't think it's like a surprise Marvel movie or something crazy. You know, it's like it's, no, he, it's he's, something he's like a that. remarkable filmmaker. He's been experimenting in other languages. I'm so glad he's going back to Iran. And uh, that I have to say, that's actually one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. There's also, um, uh, I'm going to do it, Epichak Pong, we're a sethical. Yeah, it's the closest movie. I've ever heard you to come to Memoria. say, Pong, we're a sethical. <laughs> I've been practicing. Uh, Not with bad. Tilda Swinton. So that's his first English language movie. Yeah, he shot in Colombia. It's Tilda with uh, exploding head syndrome, which is a real thing where you hear sudden explosions that aren't really there. There's something to that effect. We've been hearing about that was going to be there last year, and that's Neon has it. So it's kind of cool to, to see filmmakers like that making this move into more of an English language market not to say that they weren't amazing filmmakers when they didn't do that but maybe it'll open them up to some other viewers like Annette for Carax for for example I mean we'll also, see I don't I don't quite I mean I, I, how do I put this correctly I have not been on the Justin Kurzel bandwagon um, at the press conference uh, there's a movie called Natrom at the press at the press in competition uh, and Terry was just rap going on about how this is the greatest Australian filmmaker who ever lived and I'm like really is that true he's, <laughs> in, he's a very there? interesting filmmaker mm -hmm. I mean he you know the snowtown murders what interesting is bland and I should never use it I know I mean you could you could you could slap me around endlessly but the reality is that he's a filmmaker who always provides a really strong vision I think like you look at the Snowtown Murders, which was his breakout out of Critics Week or Macbeth I mean there's the, some skill there there's and skill and there's there's intensity sophisticated, but yeah and I think he's taught I think he's wrestling though with 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 you know certain aspects of australian society in a way that feels very immediate and contemporary at least to you know australian critics that i've talked to and so forth so that may have been what he was tapping into but i don't know we'll see was i've never been you know over the moon about any of his films and i'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong one filmmaker I am over the moon about is Jacques Audiard, and he's back in competition. With <laughs> After telling me in an interview for with, with Sisters Brothers, he District, would he yeah. would never come back because he was done. He's like the biggest French director; he doesn't need all that pressure. But then he goes and he makes this movie that's adapted from an Adrian Tamine uh, graphic not series of short stories, and Celine Sciamma wrote it. And of course, it needs can. It's a major French film coming out of a pandemic. So there never you have it. Never. That's what. And that it's IFC bought that one so yeah, it's yeah. gonna have a u.s release I'm so we're excited, excited for I'm sure excited. so red I, rocket what do we know about the sean baker movie it's all non-pros shot in texas it's about a porn star trying to 
piece his life together, apparently. So maybe a bit of the Starlet vibes or something to that effect. He finished it at the last minute. Yeah, well, what, what, I mean, I've heard that some buyers have seen it and, and that it's, you know, it's, it's a dark comedy of sorts. It's maybe not the same sort of kind of crossover as Florida Project, but in some ways a much more accomplished film. But I haven't seen it, so this is all secondhand. What I do know is this is a, this is a, a great kind of movie to have in competition because we really did not, and we've been talking about French Dispatch, for a year, Memoria for a year. Did not know we were going to be gifted a Sean Baker movie that out of the Cannes. Surprise it's morning, great to have that. Say. Yeah, great to have. How about Titane? I think I'm saying it right. Titane from Julia De Carno, the uh, the French director who made Raw, this wild uh, cannibal coming of age story that was a breakout at Cannes it's Critics probably Week. Titan, if it's in Titan. Thank you. Yeah. This is why I, I can do the Spanish pronunciations. You do the French pronunciations, and we, and we balance out. But. That was a movie. Remember, Raw was a movie that went to TIFF and someone fainted or something I never like saw that. that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's grotesque but impressive. And this one, I don't know what it's about. Also, Neon has it, but it sounds it sounds pretty wild just based on the, the very vague descriptions you'll find on IMDb. Hey, how about oh, Ildico and Yeti who did uh, A Body and Soul? She's back with the story of my wife. I'm really curious about that one. And I and like that, Joaquin Trier. He's got the worst person in the world. Yep. Um, and Sean Penn's movie, by the way, is in competition. So he's going yeah, for it, man. He's going he's for it. That's why I was that. thinking. That, he doesn't have to do that, you know. Well, also, Sean Penn can say, put me in with those other auteurs on the other uh, sidebar that doesn't matter. Yeah. And it would be very unfortunate if this movie is, is really bad. But I will say that. People forget because of Last Face that Sean Penn did a really freaking good job adapting Into the Wild. Well, and Flag great movies. Yeah, absolutely. and Flag Day is also an adaptation. He's directing Indian his, Runner is pretty his good. family. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. He, yeah, he's a strong director he at times. Be. How about Petros Flu from uh, a, this Russian filmmaker Kirill Serebnikov, I think is the way you say it. His last film Leto was was in competition while he was jailed in Russia. Hmm. And I think he's out of jail now, but it seemed like in the press conference they still weren't really sure if he can make it to the festival. And this is a fascinating film. From what I've heard about it, it's like it's about a family that gets sick, which sounds very timely. And the flu travels through the family and forces them all to kind of hunker down together and and stuff happens. It sounds like it's 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 um, just a really fascinating window into it Russian does sound society. Like a so. Uh, exactly. So on Sertan regard, whether he was being opportunistic or realistic, it, it, it is a lot of lesser known filmmakers um, in there. Um, I'm curious timers. about Valdemar Johansson uh, Lamb, which has been picked up by uh, one of the distributors. I think it's A24. Yeah, A24 has a couple of them. That, that, that one, films, I Icelandic think. supernatural thriller, and they have After Yang, which is Koganaga's follow-up to right. Columbus with Colin Farrell. That's like this sci-fi AI story. And, and Justin Chan, another Sundance director who was there most recently with Ms. Purple, uh, has Blue Bio. So, which sounds a bit like Minari in a way. It's about an immigrant well, to Korean family. Today, twenty-four. So these are all things. Even if we don't know what they are, we should definitely check out. I, for one, want to see uh, what the follow-up is uh, from uh, pieces of a woman from Cornell uh, Mundrushko. Uh, I well, it didn't take him long to have one. He just said yeah. pieces of woman on uh, on the it's festival such circuit. It's an early movie that there's like no information on it yeah. online. I was noticing. Well, I love and, that though. I mean, that's the thing is these things really. It, it, there's a rawness to this process that you don't 
usually see with other festivals and it's messy and it's elitist but that's kind of what's great about it it's like oh you have a movie ready like yesterday let's watch it and see if we can add it they <laughs> no, they could add a 26 organic and, and yeah and rough and ready uh yeah no def- especially this year you get the sense that that terry was really riding the the surf here so andrea arnold um has a movie called cow which is a doc so that's yeah. been stuck into this this hodgepodge the can premiere. premiere thing yeah. which is for auteurs who don't have movies good enough to be in the competition well let's uh, i don't know if it's if good i, were I mean one of them i wouldn't want to be in this category i don't know though slightly. i mean look here's the thing about competition right sometimes this comes up when a really good film doesn't play in competition and my views keep evolving on this because when you go around can you you have dinner with people after movies they're like that movie was amazing why wasn't it in competition which in some ways invalidates the other sections the idea is that the official selection is all really good movies they better be in if they're not you get mad about that no but but that but if it's if all the other sections are not good then that negates the existence of them to a certain i think it's something else it's a different curatorial context it looks like they're playing around with them summertime regard and leftover competition auteurs and they figured yes. out a new way to divvy it up yeah i mean look another hong sang su movie another amari movie do we need that conversation again about how they're sucking up competition slots or do we put them in a certain regard where people are like why are you putting it in a certain regard or just create another section and explicitly say these are for people we really respect who we have back all the time but we don't want to like minimize their stature that to me seems like the argument in favor of it so we got to see the movies but cow looks fun it's about it, it's andrea arnold making a documentary about cows i mean i'm in i'm totally in. Candy you know, in the, the most on ridiculous the positive way. side can had to lean into docs this year partly yeah. in order to get the cele- celebrities to go with them so you have oliver stone doing uh, some jfk redux uh overview uh <laughs> which is fine you know and it's like four hours long or something so i'm gonna watch and then, it <laughs> and and you've got uh the val doc uh val kilmer doc from, yeah you know so that's sort of interesting i can't wait to see that his story is wild gonna be a tribeca we're gonna get to see that earlier yeah and that's and the one that amazon has from bought off a24 so there's a, a real fascinating history with that project um, and then the other, the other one that's interesting to me is the Todd Haynes Velvet Gold Mine. Uh, uh, underground. Underground. Gold Mine is a movie he also it's made. The other movie he made. <laughs> he had the uh, right idea. For, uh, t- forgivable lapse there. <laughs> yes. And then, yes. and then the uh, the the one that I'm really interested in the Charlotte Gainsbourg uh, one about. Yeah, her about her mom, Jane Burke, Jane Burke and, and Jane yeah. by Jane by Charlotte, something like that. That's that's such a great name. It is. I, I hope it's good. I mean, it's it's certainly a personal project for her. So yeah, there's a lot going on there. And the Velvet Underground doc. Uh, that one I remember in Cannes 2019, they were showing it. They were showing footage to buyers. So that's like that's one of those movies where it's like it was ready for this moment, and it's obviously the kind of doc that that can would show. Do they have more docs than usual? It seems like it. So that's a good direction. Way more. Way more. So, way more. They're not all in the competition, though. I mean, you can see that they took Andrew Arnold's cow and stuck it over here. But but uh, Eva Husson has a movie called Mothering Sunday with Colin Firth. Um, is this, uh, has she been working in English before? This is her first English language project. Mm. And it's her pictures classics. Yeah. So she was at Cannes before, uh, and, and her, her film there didn't go over super well. Is that well. the one about the women f- fighters? The women are, uh, are fighters in, in Afghanistan. That one. Yeah. yeah. Mothers of the Sun, I believe it was called. But, but this one is, it's, it's, it's a British pro- production, I believe. And, and it, it sounds yeah. very different. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll see. I'm certainly curious about about that and, and about a lot of the ones that are sort of 
you know, open questions. I mean, there there are filmmakers on here whose names I know, like Kareem Anous, who did Invisible Life, has this film called Mariner of the Mountains, which I only know from Thierry's description in the press conference is about him, this Brazilian filmmaker, rediscovering his father's African roots and traveling back there. So some kind of essay that film, right? Interesting. It yeah. sounds very interesting, not but you don't really know. You got to see it. to use, but it, provocative. Yes, provocative. Yes, exactly. We need it. We need an interesting jar. It's like a swear jar for every time you say that thing. So what does but, it mean that Stillwater, the Tom McCarthy movie? Now we know who Tom Matt McCarthy Damon. is. He directed yeah. Spotlight. Uh, so this stars Matt Damon, and it's the story. It's a father daughter story. It's focus, and it's 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 been we've been we've been waiting for this. You know, it was should have been in the Oscar race last year. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm curious. This is out of competition, and um and but t- apparently Matt Damon is going to be going, and uh, Abigail Breslin is the daughter that he's trying to save. If you look at the trailer, you can see he's a working class guy who uh, leaves Oklahoma to go to France and try to save his daughter. Well, one thing I did wonder about when I read this in the context of, of looking at the can lineup is that on paper, it has a fairly similar premise to the Sean Penn movie. I noticed that. When we see them, I'm sure that they will be different movies. But that is a, a question, right? Do you, is that the reason why one is in a different section? Or is it something else that we don't quite know yet? I mean, Tom McCarthy my can guess, be a good director, not always. My guess is that this Eva Hussam movie, the period British film, and this movie are simply to quote unquote mainstream for competition that that would be my guess that they're not you know they're commercial movies you know it's fascinating how quickly things change in that respect Uh, there was a variety interview with Thierry a few weeks ago where he said that there was going to be this planetary blockbuster and we were trying to figure out what they meant like is it black widow is it Space Jam 2? Like, he was still hinting at it at the press conference. But we didn't figure out what it was. The movies that it wasn't. He said it wasn't West Side Story and it wasn't Dune, right? Right. Yeah. We expect that in the fall. A long list of things that it wasn't. I have no idea what it is. I mean, it's, it's it, we know the release calendar when it comes to big movies. There, there's only so many that it could possibly be. So I'm sure we'll figure that out eventually or someone will, will crack it. But it is a fascinating open question. And then it's also worth pointing out that there's a bunch of can that we don't know yet. I mean, sometimes you get these lineups and there'll be like 21 films in competition. Then they add like two or three more or something. They don't seem to be leaning in that direction with this, but we haven't gotten critics, uh, critics Street week and we haven't gotten there's directors. There's always Fortnite. a few American indies in de- directors Fortnite and critics. Yeah. Week, and know, those are good sections. Usually Sean Baker was last time with, with exactly the project. Yeah, and you have people like Joanna Hogg, who's got her sequel to Souvenir Part 2, as well as, I believe, another film she directed. So it's safe to assume at least one of those could be there. As you point out in your piece, some of these things will likely turn up in Venice. And and we'll see. I know that Paul Schrader is going to Venice. um, That's one good example, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Venice was the festival that launched the Oscar winner last year. It's safe to assume that if you have a, a... well, pretty surefire fire bet. This can yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah. yeah, but I, I and and so can launch parasite. I noticed but... was really the only can selection that went all the way. Right. Well, unless 
it'll be interesting to, to break this down a bit in terms of how you define a can selection, right? Because if French Dispatch is a big movie, you could argue that was in the can 2020 selection yeah, they, too. They, they kept it till this and they year. kept it. That's right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So they, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to take time to fully assess the impact well, of that. We don't selection. know if the Wes Anderson is a full fledged Oscar contender. We don't know. Be one of his lighter comedies. A, a crowd I'm pleaser. So looking forward to it. I cannot wait, but uh, that, that it, it isn't necessarily um an oscar contender yeah and we don't have any animated films so there's no there's no pixar movie obviously they've done very well with can there's no uh studio ghibli type of entry we, we some of us were speculating about earwig and the witch as a film that could be there we haven't heard about some that, that yet might have been so. timing i mean it's possible that luca could have launched if it had been yeah. a theatrical release now luca, it's an open question pixar yep. is going straight to streaming with no surcharge yep no theaters so yep, maybe that's an issue there. Need can anymore? Yeah, I uh, I think it's also worth noting that a week before Can made this announcement, it's the head of the press office, Aida Bellaweed. She moved to the French bureau for Netflix. So we know that there is an ongoing process through which all of these people want to figure out a way forward. I think. But it's going to take time. It's just we're never going to fully hear how these conversations are unfolded. We know that there's some back and forth going on in terms of finding common ground. Maybe Netflix gets there first. Maybe Disney gets there first. But as long as there's can, there's going to be this pressure, I think, for people to try to understand, is this thing worth our time or not? Every year it's going to come up again and again. And I did like the point that Thierry made in an interview where he said that they chose to cancel last year and not just go online to have a couple screenings online, whether or not, you know, movie going continues to be like the dominant mode that most of these things are consumed in. It's worth noting that when you put it in this context, it allows these movies to stand out in a way that they just don't as a virtual festival. They just don't. There's no question. There's no question. I mean, Venice got, got away with it. They, 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 they happened to have a window where they could do a European version of, of a live in-person film festival. Um, but if, if you look at the, uh, the point I was sort of start, starting to make, the, the, the an another round went on to be at a lot of other film festivals. And some of the movies yeah. here will have that, uh, this will be the launch for their long-term Oscar trek through the festivals in the fall, which we are looking forward to having back uh, Telluride yeah. in Toronto and New York um, in some version or another. But um, the, 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 the Oscar movies, I mean, for example, To Five Bloods, if To Five Bloods had been at Cannes last year, it would have had a whole other profile beyond what it was able to accrue. No, it's uh, a good point. No film festivals. It would have all. played really well there, I think, because it's such and, a wild movie. I think that there's any number of examples of films that, it, had they been uh, given enough um, love at a festival, would have done much better. Yeah, it's hard to fully explain it to people if you haven't actually been there or been in the, the position of, of someone like a journalist who has to process these things as they unfold. But you can feel the buzz and you could see it kind of trickle out of there. And I don't know how you nobody's figured out in this past year how to fully replicate that. We've seen some good examples like Sundance. Uh, of ways of doing it, but it, but it's, it's not, not the same, same as being in a room yeah. with with other people. It it just isn't. Um, and 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 just on the box office front, the the Memorial Day weekend numbers were really good. Um, and uh, if it, it's sort of horrifying to think that that over the somebody was just saying this to me over the past uh, since the beginning of 2021, there have been five weekend box office grosses for the total top ten movies <laughs> oh that. 
past the $25 million mark. <laughs> I was like anticipating something really embarrassing about that. You know? and I was like, we were doing really terrible weekends. statistics. Yeah. No, yeah and, it's so and, and, and if you look at all the numbers, I, I happen to be looking at them all lately. It's just horrifying. I mean, there was a weekend there when, during the pandemic when everything was shut down, when, when the total gross for all the movies and release in North America was under a million dollars. You know what? I think, so Quiet Place 2 did very well. I was, I didn't expect it to have quite such a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes like it did. I, I didn't think it was that great of a movie. In fact, I was frustrated by it in parts, but it's a very strong theatrical experience and Krasinski yes, it is. That's toured around. Yeah, to see it Kras- in theater was really fun. And he he made it, he leaned into, you felt like this was an event movie traveling around and stuff. Like they did a South by Southwest hosted thing in Austin at the Paramount where the first one premiered as opening night. And like you could see it, like the, the buzz coming out of that stuff shows you that some of those tools are, are, are starting to return to to movie-going culture. You know, you could use pop-up screenings and drive enthusiasm and all that kind of stuff. And people want to go out and be entertained by big blockbusters, not necessarily Cannes movies, which is an argument, again, for having a big spectacle event like Cannes for movies that are hard to get out into the market. So... Next week, I think I'm going to see you. Fingers crossed. Next week, I'm showing up in New York. We're going to hang out. We're going to do Tribeca. We're going to party. And and we're going to see the, the, you know, Bourdain doc. And we're going to see Val. And we're going to see how in the Heights plays in a theater with people. How exotic. Yeah, I can't wait. So I will see you on the East Coast and rest easy and uh, safe travels. Bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.